Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. So joining me now at this time, former LSU star player, now the host of Off the Bench down there on ESPN 104.5 in Baton Rouge, T-Bob Bear. T-Bob, you know, State was not a program you had any trouble with back during your playing days, but since Dak won down there in Tiger Stadium in 14, this series has gotten a lot more competitive. How do LSU players and fans view the Mississippi State series? It's a great question. Um, that's a really good question. And, and, and it's weird because there's certainly like a bit of a carryover effect, I think, from that streak to where a lot of LSU fans like, okay. Like, like if you look since that Dak game, is it even, is it like split it's, three, three, what is three, four LSU? Okay. So that's what I'm saying. So it's basically even, I think if you were to tell a majority of LSU fans that today, uh, they would be kind of shocked. Yeah. I, I think that there's a bit of, um, a bit of leftover kind of hubris from whatever the streak got up to 18 or something mm -hmm. to where when they see Mississippi State, they're still like, oh, uh, well, uh, that, that, that should be a win. And, and even when you look at like last year's games, it's kind of like, oh, well, you know, that was just such an outlier when really that has been the case. I mean, you got your ass kicked there in Starkville. I was there for that one a couple of years ago. Uh, obviously the DAC game in Tiger Stadium. And then uh, last year, in Tiger Stadium. So, no, I, I was very pleased with how O kind of has been addressing Mississippi State this week where he's been talking about this is a team right now in LSU that has their antennas up. They're not taking anything for granted. They're not taking anything lightly. Uh, they know that they're in for a fight. And, of course, you know, this game, we talked about LSU at SEC Media Days, and we talked about how they didn't feel like there was going to be a middle ground for LSU. They were going to be really good or they were, they were going to struggle this season. The early season loss to UCLA has them sort of off the rails a little bit. How important is this game to LSU's season? I mean, it's, 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 it's massive. I'm sorry about all the background noise. Finally, That's just not in my car. I was weird for leaving work situation there. Um, <laughs> it's massive, though, dude. I mean, some are out here calling it the biggest game of Coach O's career. Uh, I mean, I don't agree with that, you know, if you coach for championships and stuff, but, like, I get what they're saying, right? It does kind of feel like the Ogeron era is on the line in a game like this, and that was the biggest effect of the UCLA loss is just that it seemingly made your margin of error zero because when you look at this team, nine and three, all good. It would have been all good. If you if, if you could go nine and three regular season, you are completely fine. Uh, everything's moving in the right direction. You know, maybe some bad spots along the way, but you're still fine. You're, you know, you have a bold game, maybe get to 10 wins. That's all great. That was the expectation. Eight and four, that's where it starts to get a little muddy, right? That's where I think there would be a real debate after this season, just two years removed from national championship as to whether or not. Coach Joe should be the coach moving forward. Seven and five, just reading the room, what is is I believe would mean regime change. And why this is so fascinating, the UCLA loss throws off all the maps, right? If you're all the maps, if you're assuming that that's a win this entire season, you're like, okay, well then you got to go five and three in conference play. You can do that, right? You can go five three, you end up nine three. Well, now if you go five and three, you're eight and four. And even beyond that, this feels like an LSU team that would have to improve drastically. To even go five and three. I mean, preseason, a lot of people saw Mississippi State would have chalked this up as a win. Like I said, kind of hand waving away last year is just a 
an outlier in Pelini and this or that. And um, that's not the case anymore. Like, this is tense. People are on the edge of their seat. People are very nervous about what's going to happen Saturday because you've seen improvement the last two weeks, but it's been against subpar quality of competition, whereas Mississippi State has been in some fights. They've had um, some really high highs, some really low lows. So, yeah, I, I, I would say that, like, State fan, Saturday's game has the um, – I get so long-winded. Saturday's game has – it sets the entire – tone of the season and the rest of the season and 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 quite frankly a loss could even potentially mean job changes the next day wow i'm not i don't my brain can't wrap around an lsu team that has struggles running the football and is struggling on the offensive line i know for you especially that's got to be sort of a personal thing there why why is this lsu team struggling so much in what has been one of the greatest traditions of lsu football running the football football. well it's been a few things i think first and foremost you're simply talking about a a group that is not the most talented i i mean it's 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 sometimes the answer's just start there. This is a group where um, your center is a transfer from Harvard, Liam Shanahan, who is doing the most with what he has. And he has been a great leader. And else you would be in way deeper trouble if they didn't have him. But at the point of attack, what you find a lot of times is that, it, you know, the, the the raw physical strength required to go man up with the nose, that's not his strong suit. That's not good in the SEC a lot of times. I think you look at um, – I think also Deckers gets a bad rap. I think he's a good – college tackling the problem is when you start to get past Eculus. these young guys um like the, the 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 big recruits that you did hit on just didn't develop they end up being busts and then the unheralded guys don't really do it's just a group that has been a bit under recruited and underdeveloped for years now and now you're kind of finally paying the piper and then you combine that with some play calling that wasn't always putting the players in the best position to succeed like you've seen real growth points for pete's these first two weeks like Wigner won. The only runs they called were zone read left and zone read right, like you used to in 2019. Uh, everybody yelled about how you needed more diverse rush selection. Well, okay, next week get Warren Bosses, you had jet sweeps, you had some other plays. Um, you were still doing this look to the sideline thing, though, where every play you're faking it, looking at the sideline, calling the actual play, and then going. This was causing a lot of uh, kind of a plotting sort of feeling of the offense, the O-line, and the quarterbacks weren't able to make their calls because they weren't getting the call till late. There were some timeout problems and delayed game problems. Well, they got rid of that in game number three, right? They're just calling a play, tempo, going with it, and, and, and it worked better. And so you've seen the O-line improve, but at the end of the day, just because of who these guys are, asking this O-line, even though it can be better with a more diverse selection, and like I said, just uh, better mechanics in terms of the huddle and the call and everything, at the end of the day, asking this O-line to be successful at running the ball is just like asking a, a fish to – like walk on land. It's just it's just not going to happen. Right. So that's why you're going to see LSU, a la Mississippi State, um, start to supplement a lot of their running game with these like bubble screens and kind of quick hitters that are essentially just uh, extensions of the run game. So if I put you on the MSU sideline in maroon and white, we all know that's your real color, by the way. I love that picture that Rivers keeps tweeting. <laughs> makes me so happy to see it. Uh, but if, I, if, if it's Coach T-Bob, give me the game plan for attacking LSU on both sides of the ball. Okay. Um, well, first off, I have no regrets. I love Mississippi State. I've always felt a kinship 
with our brethren in Starkville. Oh, and um, I had a lot of fun that day, even yeah. getting our ass kicked in the stadium. <laughs> uh, but, um, okay, if I'm game planning against LSU, defensively, hell, I'm just going to do what the first three teams did, right? I mean, now it didn't work as well for Central Michigan, and they probably emulated at least, but I'm going to um, – I'm probably going to attack Max Johnson. I'm going to blitz the hell out of him. I'm going to prove what UCLA basically did was force him to say, okay, can you make these right choices under pressure consistently? And then can you put the ball in the right place? You know, and, and, and so UCLA adopted this very like, if you get us, you will get us big, but we're betting that more often than not, you're not going to get us. And that absolutely played out. And that was the case. So I, I would I would throw a lot of blitzes at him. I would move my D line a ton. The O line has really struggled with that in terms of slants and games and shifting right before the ball is snapped. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think all of those have 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 worked very well thus far. And I think that in our net, that's a really good defensive coordinator. That also there's a little bit of narrative um, uh, narrative motivation there as well for our net in that. You know, he is someone who interviewed for this LSU DC yeah. job, didn't go anywhere. And he's probably like, all right, well, uh, I'm about to teach you a thing or two about defense. So we'll see. Big game for him for sure. And then on the other side of the ball, if I'm trying to attack LSU defensively, it's going to be a bit tougher. I mean, I think I think, I think the, 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 fir- the first key is you just have to be able to handle the LSU D line, who has looked really good um, the first couple of weeks. Even in week one, they had a strong first half where UCLA's line kind of overtook them but first and foremost you got to be able to block that d-line and if you do that the secondary has been prone to coverage busts so i'm not even sure that you would have to do anything too fancy it's just once or twice a game thus far this season this defense has had a coverage bust that leads to like a 70 yard touchdown um so the main key offensively is can your offensive line handle the lsu defensive line it's going to be a very interesting game. I, I fear that the loser of this game is headed to last place in the SEC West. Do you see it that way as well? Uh, I mean, it certainly has that potential, dude, right? Because you're not going to sit here and Crazy choose LSU over – I know, you're not going to sit here and choose LSU over Arkansas. Uh, unfortunately mm-hmm. for both of us, Ole Miss just looks fantastic. The sexy new kid on the block. Let's not give them any more credit than we have to. Mm-hmm. Please. Freaking – eight pack abs and he's got his cool sunglasses and all the girls just want to talk to him all the time. Well, they just wait, they're going to figure out that he's not all that. He's a jerk. And then yeah. those aren't abs. It's airbrush. He's there got we. a dad bod. Uh, I hope so. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it sucks though. Cause like, I mean, yeah, Ole Miss looks good. Arkansas looks better. A&M certainly looks better, even with their offensive questions because their defense is incredible. Obviously, Alabama looks better. Auburn's much improved. Like, Brian Harson feels like he's done a really good job here early on. So, yeah, this this feels like the two teams. These, I mean, without a doubt, no matter where they finish, today as we are recording, this feels like a battle between the two worst teams in the SEC West. Yeah, that's, that's really saying something. Of course, it also says there's a lot of quality in the SEC West that these are the worst teams, but yeah, very interesting game at Starkville, uh, to say the least, on Saturday. T-Bob Bear, man, thanks for joining me. Really appreciate it. No, Brian, sorry. I, I feel like I was kind of scattered today, but y'all are awesome, man. Uh, I, I do have a Hail State portion of my my heart. Um, I just Well, there's a dog in my that. neighborhood named after your dad. So 
Oh, there you go. So there you go. It's, it, it's mutual. It's mutual. There's a dog named A-Bear who just, I see him all the time. Big, great Dane. Wow. I love it, dude. Yeah, uh, so. yeah man, I can't wait for Saturday. I honestly have no idea how it's going to play out. Like, I, yeah. I, I do think, I, I think the LSU D-line, maybe, it, like, I think that's the difference. I think that's how LSU's going to win the game. But then again, there's there's even a ton of gambling trends working against LSU. Like, all my degenerate friends, one of my buddy's favorite trends ever is when you lose as a road favorite and then you're a home underdog, you almost always do well. And I also was looking at that LSU-UCLA line like, oh, two and a half, they got that. So, I don't know, man. <laughs> we'll it's, it's going to be a battle. Like I said, my antennas are up. I'm optimistically hopeful. We'll see what happens. Thanks, T-Bob. All right, Brian. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.